Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Showbound podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Barry Colts, Ethan Cardwell. Cardsy, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, Raskin. Uh, I'm doing a lot better ever since I uh, saw our name and our brand at number three on the uh, on the charts of the uh, Canadian Hockey Podcast rankings. So that's uh, obviously an amazing thing. And just want to thank the fans again for all the support as we uh, make our climb to hopefully number one down the road. Yeah, you're listening in the at the time we record the number three biggest hockey podcast in Canada. What an honor. And shout out TSN eh, for sharing a bunch of our stuff and driving some interest into our podcast. So thank you to those guys. We got another huge episode this week, a really fascinating interview with Brett Wilichka. Uh, he's a two-time OHL champion with the London Knights, former captain of the Belleville Bulls and Carlton Ravens. Played for two teams in the AHL, the Manitoba Moose and the Rockford Ice Hogs. He's currently playing pro in Denmark. Uh, yeah, he's a really interesting guy off the ice. He's uh, actually a player advisor. We can get into that. And he works with uh, our favorite brand, B-Clutch, which we'll also be talking about later. But just a really, really fascinating guy. Has had an incredible hockey career. And I'm excited for the listeners to hear this interview. And uh, it's definitely a good one. But before we get into that, let's talk about the World Junior Camp cards. We got a lot going on. And you want to take it away? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I've uh, been in contact with a lot of guys there and uh, they just said the pace of play is really fast and the team looks amazing and it's a battle for all the guys to make it. I, I don't know a guy that's really 100% um, other than returning players, but um, yeah, they're, they're all just going in, giving it uh, their best and then hoping for the best. And uh, yeah, they said the pace is uh, super intense and everyone's working hard. Everyone's hitting, playing physical, doing what they do best to uh, show the coaches why they should make it. And uh, I think you wanted to touch on a little bit uh, about the Doc Cousins uh, being late thing. Yeah. So for those who didn't see it, it went it went around on uh, social media. But Kirby Doc and Dylan Cousins showed up. I, I believe it was right on time, not late, but like right as practice was starting. Uh, and they were basically told to go to go watch from the stands. Like it's it's a huge deal. It's World Juniors. You can't be late. You got like you got to be early. And they're veterans. They're supposed to be leaders on this team. So um, honestly, it was like no ill intent or anything by that but I think it was just a little bit of a mistake and uh they showed up really early the next day and the two of them skated uh an extra long time by themselves so you know it sucks when mistakes like that are heavily publicized but the thing I don't understand and maybe you can help me out Cardi is um I can understand being late to some things but when you're in a bubble I don't know what makes you late especially if like did they not take the team bus from the hotel to the rink altogether yeah, well, I might sound like a bit, little bit of a hockey insider here, but uh, I heard from an inside source that uh, they might have been getting uh, therapy done with the trainer, um, be getting uh, work done in their bodies to loosen up or whatever, take care of uh, some hidden injuries or whatnot. And they happen to show up at 1130 for an 1130 practice. And the coach had already called the guys in to st- talk about the practice and what the first drills was going to be. So I don't know, you can take it how you want it. But uh, either way, I think they made it up made up for it the next day and then uh it'll be it'll be good for them to uh kind of humble them and uh moving forward they'll be on time and uh sharp leaders for this team going forward yeah exactly and i didn't know about that training thing it just sucks maybe they just were a little slow getting their gear on after that it, it, honestly i mean i think we all know they're no they're not intending to act as cocky or anything like that i've heard they're both great guys and yeah that's that's really it. we don't need to get too much more into it but um i do want to talk about a fantastic hockey stick company, all black hockey sticks. Uh, we're actually doing a giveaway on our Instagram. You can check it out uh, for, for any details. We're going to be giving away some merchandise courtesy of all black hockey sticks. 
if you're uh, really looking to get some value out of a stick. It's the highest quality 440 gram stick for just $89 US. And uh, in Canada, you can get three sticks for just 300 US dollars. And no logos on the stick means it's right price for performance, not for advertising. Nine years in the business with player referrals, not expensive ads and big name contracts to keep the brand growing. So check out our giveaway. All you have to do is repost uh, on your Instagram story, our post and, and just tag us. So we see it and we'll be picking a couple winners. So shout out to all black hockey sticks, fantastic company. And um, yeah, I think with that being said, we'll send it over to Brett Wilichka. All right. We're pleased to be joined now by Brett Wilichka. Brett, how's it going, man? Good boys. How you guys doing? Good. I mean, we're, bad. we're both pumped to get you on the podcast uh, Cardi and I were talking all week about how, how exciting this interview is going to be. So, um, I just want the listeners to know what, uh, you kind of went through in junior. You've, well, we'll get into your whole junior career and then where you are now, but just for the listeners, listen to this. Brett Wilichka played for the London Knights, as you guys heard earlier in the episode, and he won two back-to-back OHL championships there in 2012 and 2013, played with some unbelievable players, guys like I can, I can list this all episode, but guys like Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, Bo Horvat, Mitch Marner, Josh Anderson, Christian Dvorak, Victor Mete, like it could go on and on, but some sick London teams there, obviously um, a lot of, a lot of success there. And you're a, you're a London local guy. So um, I actually want to talk about your OHL draft. You were a, a fifth round pick and how did it feel basically that day? Like take us through getting drafted by your hometown team. Uh, yeah. Talking about my draft. Uh, first thing I remember, honestly, just you know the excitement that you have with your parents um you know my brother was there too and it's something you know an OHL draft is you're 16 years old 15 years old whatever it is and it's pretty overwhelming in the sense that you know you just got drafted to an organization that um well any organization out of in, in the OHL is is you know astonishing and the fact that I got uh you know picked by by the London Knights a team that you know I've been following my entire childhood um you know it was it was uh it was unbelievable and you know I my my parents were obviously happy to keep me at home um for for a couple years and you know instead of leaving away for 16 at 16 years old and you know which which is what a lot of players have to do and you know you think of London you think of 9,000 fans um you know winning um Dale like you know the Hunters um you know elite players and um you know I I knew fifth round wasn't gonna be you know I wasn't gonna be the guy of the draft but I also was in a day I was also in a good position to you know make a name for myself and um you know I had to beat out a lot of guys and because I wasn't a first to third rounder right so um you know being that fifth rounder and and just being drafted to my hometown team was uh was was a great experience yeah, and did you uh, grow up playing for London Junior Knights organization? Yeah, I did a little half and half. I was with, uh, actually started with the Junior Knights, and then I went four years, I think, with Elgin Middlesex Chiefs. Okay, yeah. Um, so actually, me and a buddy, we left London organization. We went over to El- we went over to Elgin, uh, and then we came back, or well, I came back to London for I think four or five years up until my draft year. Um, yeah and uh had some success in minor hockey as well and um you know i was able to play with a lot of uh pretty good names there too so um did you live at home throughout your junior career or did you build it when you were with the knights yeah so i i lived at home 
uh, I basically, you know, they gave me the option, but they're like, yeah, well, listen, we have, we've had many London guys come through here. Most of them live at home, but if you want by any means, like we'll find you a billet. And I'm like, no, I'm going to live at home. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, when I got traded to Belleville, that's, that was my first billeting experience, my only bit of billeting experience. Your first year with the Knights, which was your second year in junior, you step into just an incredibly loaded team, a really, really stacked offensive team. Just, just awesome. What was that experience like going to the rink every day, winning every game like that, that first year, how did it go for you? The, the thing is when you're in London, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's very close to pro. It's um, like you're, you're a kid that, that doesn't get what the pro lifestyle is or, or understand it fully. But like the closest thing that I know is, is London is the London Knights. Um, so the good and bad thing about that is if you're on, then you're going to play, but if you're not on, then there's going to be room for other guys. Um, and fortunately, I think that kind of fell into my suit on the positive note, um, you know, where I kind of got that opportunity that first year and I, I took advantage of it in the best way possible. And, you know, things just kind of started to click and, you know, once you get that confidence, as you guys know, when you're playing, you know, you get that confidence, you get a little more, you get a little more leash from the coach. Um, you know, you start playing a few more games, you get comfortable with the guys, the training staff, you know, the fans start to know your name and it, it kind of just takes away from just kind of rolls on from there and it's your job to, to keep it or your job to lose it. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good that I was able to, uh, you know, take advantage of that. And you guys won a championship that year. Like I, I mentioned before, and did, did you play uh, much in the playoffs that year? Yeah. So that, that was, uh, we had a lot of injuries kind of going into the playoffs. I remember Jared Knight was hurt. He was a big name, right winger. And I was kind of playing, it's actually funny because our fourth line, our fourth line was Chris Tierney, Bo Horvat, Josh Anderson. Decent fourth line. <laughs> Not yeah. too bad. And, and, and actually Andreas Athanasiu was the, I think he was kind of like, he was kind of like our third line guy or maybe second line guy. Anyways, we're all rookies. We're all first year guys. Actually, Chris Tierney and double A were, Athanasiu were, were second year guys. But we're first year guys and that's our fourth line. And, you know, I'm trying to squeeze in there any, any possible, like if there's any injury, whatever, I'm in there. But the thing was when I was playing, when Niter was out, I was getting plugged in on like third line and second line because that line was so good as a fourth line that they weren't going to put me in there. They weren't going to break that line up. Like that fourth line was better than second lines in the NHL. It was insane. And look at them now. They're all in the NHL, right? Yep. Um, so I was kind of getting plugged in. Like I remember a couple of games I was plugged in with like Nemestikov and um, you know, Max and, you know, and, and my job was to be that, you know, that spark guy, right. For them, um, you know, whether they're not, if they're not on that night, you know, I got to create room for them. And, and because our fourth line was so good, whenever I got the opportunity, I actually knew that I was going to go in and play. And, uh, so, you know, from, from, from that, from me being able to play and, and, and do that, um, the pretty part was that, you know, it, Niter came back, which is obviously, um, you know, good for him. And, and that basically just means that, you know, I get, I get put back to the stands and um, which was fine. And, and I still learn, I think I ended up playing three, two or three playoff games that year. I honestly don't remember. Um, but there was a, there was a couple of injuries and that kind of just got me in. And then, you know, guys came back and that's just how it is. Right. Like when you're on, there was a ton of guys though. I was the main guy kind of 
you know, next in line. Um, but we still had like, I remember our black ace skates. I think we had like eight guys that year in black ace skates, all like some guys knew they weren't going to play. Some guys were kind of like, uh, and then like, I was kind of on that, like that line every game, you never know what's going to happen. Right. And again, going back to the professional, like the professional aspect of London, like you don't even see pro teams that have black aces of eight people, like of eight players. Like it's, it's insane the way they do it and the way they call guys up, know when to call them up, how to develop them. And, you know, they're always, there's always somebody in the stands and that's how they win is there's always somebody in the stands that's willing to get in there. And, and when you're playing, you know, that that's what uh, I think that's why the players are so successful there. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. Like as a young player, even if you're in the stands, like I went through it in my first year in the Oz, I think I only got into like five games in the playoffs, but like, like you said, you're still like getting great reps in and practice. And then when you are in, you got to take the, take advantage of it and make the most of your opportunities. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when you're practicing and you're, you're playing, it's complete different things, but you know, the biggest takeaway that I had that year was just, you know, watching, you know, like you, you watch the guys that are successful on that team and in that league and, you kind of start to take after what they're doing and it works, you know, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, you find it somewhere else. Right. So um, during black ace skates, like, you know, I tried to get better on my skills and, you know, I tried to get better in conditioning and that way when it came to a game, I was ready to go. And, you know, I saw that from the older guys. So where was the Memorial cup that year? Uh, it was in Schwinnigan uh, in the queue. And uh, we stayed in a town called three rivers, which I actually ended up playing uh, against in my college three-year stint um and that's where we stayed and uh yeah they they hosted the memorial cup that year and they ended up winning they were yeah eliminated i believe the first round that year i remember um, there was a lot of noise because yeah yeah. everyone was kind of upset that they wanted there was talk about changing the format back then and you've seen it happen a few times now with windsor a couple years ago doing it but um how do you how do you do in that mem cup personally Personally, I didn't play that Mem Cup. I, again, I, I'll kind of go back to your earlier question about, you know, playing that year. And I think I was, you know, I played 75% of the league, of the league games. And then I think I had four games in the, the playoffs that year. And actually I ended up my last game. We, we, uh, <laughs> we took it to Windsor. I think four, I think we went four and oh, and like we slapped them pretty quick. And, um, my last game, I actually, in that, in that game, I had a, I had a Gordie Howe hat trick and, you know, I'm thinking as a kid, like I'm 17, I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm, I, you know, I'm going to play in the second round now. Here we go. And then, you know, Niter comes back and I think I'm probably one of the only ones to, to get health bombed after a Gordie Howe hat trick and in, in the, in the OHL. But, um, you know, it's just, it was a numbers thing, right. I knew that he, he was going to be back. He was the better option at that time. And, um but yeah then we went off we won beat Niagara in the finals you know I I didn't play any of those games but you know I was right there the entire time you know got a ring whatever and then went to Schwinnigan didn't play any games dressed for the finals um and you know we lost an OT I think it was one nothing or two one I can't remember what it was lost in overtime and it was absolute heartbreak and you know Mm -hmm. even not playing like Still, still would have had a Memorial Cup ring. Um, you know, I've been to three now. I went to three and, and I never got one, which, you know, I'll take to the grave with me. But 
Um, you know, looking back on it now, regardless of how much I played, I would have killed to have that that win. So, yeah, that's that's just unimaginable, man. Um, yeah. In your in your second year, though, you got to take a bigger role on the team, and uh, you guys went on another deep run and ended up winning the championship a second time. So, uh, that year, the Mem Cup was in Saskatoon. Is that right? Yes. yes so you that was the one you lit it up with four points in five games and how how did that tournament go for you and, and how was it like just every game on national tv lots of media attention big press conferences after every game like take us through that memorial cup experience because i don't know if the the regular listener kind of knows the attention that's put on you there yeah the memorial cup is honestly unbelievable like it's it's like a tournament for uh you know young adults you know what i mean like it's you're, it, it's everything you think of obviously like the media like it's, it's pretty in, intense like there's a lot of media of course but like the coolest thing is like you win your league and you literally fly out or wherever wherever you go drive fly we flew out actually that year I believe we took the New Jersey I think Hans hooked it up with we took the New Jersey Devils plane to I don't know how but we took it to Saskatoon or maybe that Not was bad yeah, remember yeah dude it was unbelievable that just the pj going over and then uh so that and then we get uh you know you get to the memorial cup there's a banquet you know you get all this you get your goodie bag but goodie bags like there's like a watch like a um you know plaques all this stuff it's just like it's it's insane um and you know you're seeing the other teams practice um and then you play three games you play each other and and basically the format is is it's pretty weird if you win your first I think two games like you have a chance to go into the finals you have a chance just going right to Sunday um but you know that was the the year where Portland Halifax and uh the host of of course um Saskatoon were in it and you know Halifax and us were kind of one and two in the CHL standings the entire year in the rankings wait was that the Nathan McKinnon year I was McKinnon, Duran, Martin Freark. Um, yeah. Like they had a lot of nasty guys too. That like a lot of like American guys now. Decent um, lineup. <laughs> oh my god, man! Go through the lineup. Like the thing was, I think we were kind of like you look at the queue and you're kind of thinking like, okay, we're you know like I think we're gonna be a better team, but like they were stacked. They were four lines. They worked hard. Their D were tough. And we got absolutely slapped by them. I think we played well. We beat Saskatoon our first game, and then we were we were feeling pretty good. And I think we got, I think we lost like three one or something like that to Portland. And and then the next game we got absolutely shelled by by uh, by Halifax. Man, it was it was bad. It was ugly. I think it was like eight three or something like that. Ooh. I think that's the game though. If if you ever seen uh, Max Domi's pass between his legs to Bo, yeah. yeah. You've ever seen? I think that was the. I think Portland was the game, or Portland or Halifax was one of those. It was there though. I remember that. Um, and then we played Saskatoon in the qualifier because we both finished, I think, with the same record, or we just they beat somebody. I think they beat Portland or something. I can't remember. Halifax goes to the finals, and then we play Portland in the semis, and we lost. And then I think Halifax ended up just dominating, and they won that. But. Yeah. Memorial Cup's unbelievable. I was able to go to three and, and 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 experience it, and like, you know, I never really, I never took. I'm not a kid that's going to take that stuff for granted. And each time I went was like eye opening, and they do such a good job. It's crazy. So in that uh, second Mem Cup you went to, 
what's the feeling on the bench when Max Domi scores like or makes that play through the legs? What are you, what are you thinking on the bench as that goes down? I don't know. I, you're you're thinking in your head like, okay, like this is this is stupid. Like this is <laughs> how does how does you know how do you do that? And the thing I love that I you know him Max and I are great buddies, and the best thing about him is like he will do that stuff all like he he's a master at that stuff it's unbelievable like in practice if you're not if you're not ready like he'll embarrass you um and you know it obviously happened to me a couple times but uh you know for 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 you to do it on a stage like that is you know pretty incredible um you know trying it in practice here and there and like a scrimmage three on three whatever like you know at least try it but like to do it on that kind of stage is like i said it's nuts um and i remember just kind of thinking in my head like i wasn't like that surprised you know what i mean because you've seen it so many times or like not the exact same play but you've seen like you know trickery like that from him so many times that you're just like whatever yeah he's just filthy man he's he's something else he loves he loves the big stage um you know he loves loves a crowd i remember we played guelph once and they were cheering his dad's name was in the playoffs and i don't think he would I don't think he had any points in the first period. I could tell he was pissed. And I think he ended up going out. I remember we were on a five on three and like normally on a five on three guys are just kind of like passing it around. And then like someone shoots or, mm-hmm. and he literally just had it beside the goal, like beside the net carries it up. One of our defense goes to the net as if it's a play, but it's not, it's just, he's just carrying it. He's like, he's like this, I'm just going to do it. Carries it up, comes like literally like touches the blue goes down and just goes absolute shelf and i think he shushes the crowd and it's <laughs> it was, i'm thinking in my head like man this guy like this is nuts like he just he can just turn on and and like with uh with a snap right and and that's the, again like you look at the crowd i'm thinking like they should not have woke him up that's brings me the the michael jordan field did you guys watch the last dance yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they say like you know, don't tell him he can't do something, and then he's gonna go out and do it. So yeah. it's that's yeah. that's definitely one of the the ultimate competitor like things that you can say about someone. Right. We're talking a lot about London, but I, I can't skip over your your third year on the Knights, where again you went to the Memorial Cup and you you had fifty six points in sixty eight games. I got it written down. Um, did you do anything different that off season to kind of prepare you and and make you a real competitive OHL player that year? I, I didn't really do anything in that off season that I can like be like, Oh my God, like you guys need to do this. I mean, I've always taken care of my body. My brother's been huge on me at a young age. My parents were good with me with nutrition. Um, I think maybe that year I actually, you know, I, I think I started doing a little more conditioning, you know, when you're younger, when you're 16 and back then when I was playing, when you're 16, it's like, Oh my God, get bit. Like you need to be big to play. Like the Knights made me put on 20 pounds and like, back then that was normal because you had to be at like 180 pounds at least. Whereas like now, and like you see like a Mitch Marta come in like soaking wet 150 pounds. Right. And like, yeah. like he can be slippery, like no one's going to touch him. So that's mm-hmm. like more of a norm now. Whereas like, I feel like when I played maybe a little before, maybe a little after actually was, you know, you needed to kind of focus on weights where I think that year I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm a third year guy. Like I'm going to do some sprinting. Um, and some, uh, you know, some running, but the big thing for me that year was just confidence, literally just confidence. You know, after you play a year or two in a league that you start to understand, you know, you start to talk to the refs a bit. 
Um, you know, you've played in every rink, you know, every dressing room, you know, how the road trips feel, you know, the hotels, you know, the food on the all that stuff adds up. Right. And, you know, as soon as you start, the faster you learn the league, the better you're going to be. And, you know, for me, I don't think it was too slow, but, um, you know, it definitely wasn't fast as others. And that's, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, putting on any knack to, you know, guys that never figured it out or whatever. But, um, you know, if you look at how I was able to be successful like that, I, I think it was for me, if, you know, as a fifth round guy and, and whatever, I think it was just confidence, man. Like it's, it's crazy how much confidence can do. You mentioned Mitch Marner and speaking of confidence, uh, what was it like playing with a guy like him and, and seeing him come in in his first year, light it up second year, you were with him as well. Um, what was he like in junior? Yeah, Mitch, Mitch, he was good, man. He was, uh, he's a good kid. Like he, he's like a little, like he was a little bit off the ice as we all were when we were 16. Right. Um, but he had this like little frame on him, like long <laughs> hair, um, you know, no facial hair. And, but like, so like so sick like just the way he controls the box dances in the corners he the one thing I noticed about Mar like Marnes is and I still say this to a bunch of people when they ask me like how it was playing with him I said he's got the best motor or engine on him I've ever seen like if you watch him from the start of the game to the end of the game like you kind of see a decline in most guys or you know at the start of a shift at the end to the end of the shift you start to see a decline he never stops like his, his motor, his lungs, whatever it is, is unbelievable. And that makes him successful because he's for, if he's out there for a minute, he's going to be giving it as much as he can. And he's smart, right? He's not going to waste his energy. He's not going to hit and, but he'll strip, he'll be the guy to strip a puck and go down and, and make a play. Um, and he has the vision to do so. Right. So, I mean, playing with him in that sense, I was, I was obviously very impressed. He came in, he had a confidence level on him, you know, I wouldn't say it was too cocky, but like sometimes to be good, you got to be cocky. And and he had that. He was just so confident and, and you know, it paid off. Yeah. And uh, I know, I don't know the years, but I know you had at least one or a few NHL camp invites. Um, can you talk about where those were, if, if there were more than one and how, how that went for you? Yeah, I was actually able to go to three. So my first one was uh, with the Leafs. That was after my 17-year-old year, so after the Schwinnigan year. Um, and then my second one was, like, the biggest one. That was when – so that was a development camp, actually, with the Leafs. Uh, I guess it wasn't, like, the, the rookie camp. But um, that was the lockout year, actually, I believe. Or something happened where guys didn't go to the – I think it was lockout. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second year was Tampa Bay. Um, so I went to – I went to development camp. And before development camp, the draft happens. And I was on the phone with Tampa in the, I think the sixth round. And I was with a bunch of my buddies. And that day I went out with my parents and my, my grandparents and my uncle and stuff. And um, my agent was like, yeah, listen, if you're going to get drafted, it's either going to be Chicago or it's going to be Tampa. Like Those teams, like they want you, but it's basically between you and another guy for both teams. And it's probably going to happen in the sixth or the seventh. So I was like, okay, I got to get my mind right. Like, I don't really want to think about this. Draft is like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., whatever it was. And so I golfed the entire day. And then I was like, ah, oh, like, I'm still kind of like anxious. I'm just going to hang out with my buddies. So then we got together. I went to my buddy's place, a bunch of us. They're good guys. So we throw in the draft. It's like in the fifth round. 
I think it goes by. And then sixth round, I get a call from Tampa. And they're like, yeah, we're either going to – actually, no, sorry, it wasn't from Tampa. It was from my agent. But he had the GM from Tampa on. Like, he dialed him in or whatever. Or they dialed each other in. And um, they're like, yeah, it's between you and, like, two other guys for the sixth and seventh round. I don't think they had a seventh round pick. I think it was this, their sixth round pick that year was their last pick. And it was like, it's between you and a Euro. But either way – we want you at our development camp kind of like solidifying that, like, you know, they want me, but they, they might not draft me, which again, I'll never understand. Sure enough, don't get drafted and, you know, pretty choked. Um, Chicago obviously passed up on me as well. And, you know, my agent at the time and other guys, you know, you just, you're telling yourself as a guy, you're just, as a player, just like, you know what, there's 30 other teams or however many other 29 other teams that, you know, I'm going to be able to go to camps and in reality though, getting drafted, I think is very important. Um, uh, you know, looking back on, it, I wish I did. Um, you get a, definitely a lot more investment. They put a lot more into you. And, but anyways, I went to that camp, that development camp did really well there. Stevie Y invited me back. You know, he's like, yeah, we really like you and come to the rookie camp. So I go to rookie camp, did really well there. And then I went to the main camp and got absolutely humbled there. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you have a good development camp, kids your age, you know, a couple guys, maybe like OAs, probably the oldest, you know, you go to your rookie camp, rookie camp on my team was like Kucherov, Duran, like they were just starting Kucherov, Duran, um, Vaskaleski, um, that whole younger crew, all those guys yeah. were there. Um, and, you know, that was when I was, in, yeah, Nemestikov, it was nice that he was there because I played with him in London. Um, but, you know, rookie camps run. One thing, we go down to Coral Springs, play. I think we played Boston, Nashville, and Florida. And then we were in it as well as four teams. And, you know, you play your games and you come back. And if you make it, you stay. If you don't, basically, you know you make it if you get more per diem. So, yeah. like, each, 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 like, week they give you amount of per diem. And I came back to my place and there was another like certain amount of money sitting in an envelope on my thing. And my, my roommate's like, yo, you made main camp. And like, I was like, whoa, this is sick. And then sure enough, we get to the rink the next day and John Cooper's there and he's like, okay, you guys are the last guys to make it. And like, I don't think London expected me to make it either. Like I think Hunt's kind of expected me back. And we, I think we had our home opener that week. I, I don't think I played in a few games. I think I missed a couple games, but I was at main camp and, I got humbled, man, hard, like big slice of humble pile on that one. Like it was, man, like Stamkos, I learned a lot from him. St. Louis, like these guys in the gym, like even during training camp, like, you know, it's it's the modern era now where you're at training camp. Like you're not, in, you're not there to get in shape. You're there to get better. You know what I mean? Like you're already in shape, but you're there to get better. And I was experienced that and, you know, um, I remember Stevie why we talked about like we had my exit meeting. I got gas like maybe two a week and a half in. Uh, mm -hmm. I got to play, I got to play like an inner squad game, which was pretty cool, I guess. Um, but Stevie Y is like he's like, yeah, you got to get faster, you got to get stronger. Like he's like, here's your vertical and here's Steven's vertical, like stand code. And it was just off the charts. I was like, wow. But um, I went back, had a great year that year, and then my third camp was in Chicago, and I also got to go to that rookie camp as well, development camp rookie camp and then they offered me a uh they offered me a contract and um that was my overage year they offered me a contract to a hl 
or AHL East Coast deal. And then um, I decided to go to school for, for oh, I decided to play out in my OA year and then I went to school. I got a couple more offers, but then I decided to just go to school after that. So, yeah. So after your overage year, you went to the Carlton Ravens. You said you had a couple offers, but I think I just want to talk about this quick for myself being a U sports guy. I, it's a fantastic league. Not many people, unless you, you have friends in the league, really know how, how yeah. competitive it really is. But, um, you know, you go to U sports, whatever team, you put up numbers there, and you're going to have the same pro offers you did out of the OHL. Like, that, that's the type of reality, especially if you continue to improve the way you did, Brett. But um, I just want to touch on the level of hockey. Like, at, at Brock, at least, we played schools in the preseason, like – like RIT, Penn State, Quinnipiac, and, and, you know, those games are like one goal games, all of them. And our teams those years weren't great. And you look at schools like UNB, you know, Cardsy, Jason Wilms. I don't know. You didn't play with him, I guess, but you know him a little. Daniel Wilmer. Yeah, like he's at UNB now. And schools like UNB are playing uh, AHL teams in the preseason, and they actually win a couple games. It's just – it's in crazy level of hockey. But, Brad, let's talk about – your U sports, your CIS at the time experience. Um, your first year, you lit it up 46 points in 27 games, you know, rookie of the year in the country, something that like people can't just step into that league and do that. Like what, what happened with you that year that you just came in and lit it up like that? Yeah, that, that was, I, I mean, on and off the ice, that was my favorite year, man. Like off the ice, it was my first time living away. I think I needed that. Um, you know, I had two unbelievable roommates. They weren't even on the team. Um, I came in late because, uh, you know, I was kind of holding on to an American league camp and my agent was like, yeah, Rockford's gonna, you know, they want you to come. And, but you know, camps don't start till like September 20th, right. Whereas school starts September 7th or something like that. And normally you have like your varsity teams that start like the week before school starts. So like first of September, or third or something like that. So I was really kind of arrogant in the sense like, you know, I, I don't really want to go to school. You know, I kind of didn't really feel out too many schools during my away year because I was focused on pro hockey. And one team that really stuck out and one team and one coach and program that really stuck out was the Carlton Ravens, Marty Johnson, um, Sean Van Allen, and my one of my best friends to this date, Brett Gustafson, who I played with in, in Belleville, my uh, overage year. Guy's an absolute legend. I just want to um, jump in but, and uh, let everyone know uh, you were the captain of the Belleville Bulls your last year too there. Just, just a little shout out to you that, for that so the listeners can know just a leader and also captain at Carlton later on, but continue. Uh, um, so, yeah, so we uh, – I mean, that, that was one of the teams in the OUA. I mean, I met with all the AUS, you know, the UMBs and all that stuff. And I, I just didn't really have interest. I wanted to go pro and I wanted to, to start my pro career. But when I met Carlton and, and Marty Johnson, I went out with, with my other buddy Gus. And it just, something about it kind of was like, wow, like the way that this guy handles. And he had examples of like sending guys off to Europe and like strong leagues, American League, East Coast, whatever it may be. And I was just like, you know what, this is a guy I'm going to keep in my back pocket. Sure enough, my agent calls in the summer. He's like, Hey, listen, like, he's like, you have a Rockford camp, but like, I would suggest that you get a school to go to kind of as a like blanket, you know, like safety blanket for you. And so it was between UNB Guelph and um, 
Carlton and Carlton was my number one, you know, reason being is the coach. I love the location. Um, you know, the program's unbelievable. And I had some guys there that I knew Ryan Van Straal and, um, you know, Mike McNamee, who's unbelievable player. He called me, he was the captain, Joey West, all these guys that played in the OHL or Q or whatever. And, um, so I go in there and, you know, things kind of just came together and I was living with my buddy on his couch, uh, got Brett Gustafson and then Ryan Van Stralen and then another guy, they had a house together and I had nowhere to live. Right. So I, I was like, he gave me his couch for like three weeks, two weeks, whatever it was. And two weeks goes by and I'm like, man, like, this is unbelievable. Like I'm living on a couch right now and I'm starting school. Like, yeah, I'm nervous. Cause like I have to go to school for the first time in like six years, I felt like, um, <laughs> but like, it's, I I'm loving this right now. Like the, the, di- the dynamic of it is, is so sick. Um, and then we actually end up going on a Europe trip. We went for, I think it was 13 days, 14 days to Germany, Austria, and, uh, Italy. And yeah. And I'm not going to say anything about, (laughs) I'm not going to say anything about like how the, the, you know, if that was persuaded and, you know, them getting me to go there and stuff, you know, without any charge, but, (laughs) um, no, they, they, they did a really good job in that sense. And, you know, they're like, Hey, listen, we're going on a Euro trip. Like this is huge for our preseason. Like you need to be, you know, if, if you want to come, if you don't want to come, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm coming for sure. So then I, I went there and I came back and I literally like looked around the room. And I'm like, listen, like I'm not leaving. Like, and the boys kind of knew, like I, I could have like got home and went off to camp, like went back home for a week and then went to camp. And I just told the team, I told Marty, I was like, listen, I'm staying like, this is, this is sick. And I think it was a pretty big, uh, pretty big grab because, you know, usually once a year, you kind of get a player like that, that is like kind of on the bubble of pro or, or staying at school. And it's pretty big when you get them right. When you land a guy in a program. Um, so, and it's, I mean, it's happened before me, it's happened after me and it'll continue to happen. Um, and then we actually played, when we got back, I think a week later, we played Binnington, um, who's actually was an AHL team at the time, and we beat them one nothing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, you know, this is obviously a good program. You know, you the thing about U Sports CIS when I first started U Sports now, like your work, you're working out from basically Monday to Thursday, Monday to Wednesday, and you're doing school uh, at the same time, and you know the way that you have to handle yourself with time management makes you, you know, appreciate what you had in the OHL, how you would just kind of go to the rink and, you know, bum around a bit and then, you know, go and just, you know, rip pucks, whatever. Um, but, you know, to go to school and try to manage good grades, um, you know, there's obviously incentives for good grades too for, for varsity students, um, which I, you know, wanted to do as well. And I took us on psychology and, had an absolute blast with it. Um, you know, going, going, going to the rink, seeing all the guys in the morning and then going to classes with them is honestly one of the best things. And then, you know, you play Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday you just have a blowout at night, like unless you're on the road, but pretty much every Saturday is green light. And then Sunday's off every night, every week, you don't play one Sunday. And uh, uh, of course, you know, um, and then, you know, December, pretty much most of the month in December, you're off. 
Yeah. So like you just pretty much just do, you're literally a full student for December. And then if you're out of playoffs early, you're just a full student, which is kind of cool. Like I, I would have never guessed that I would have experienced that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in that first year, uh, did you guys go to the U cup that year, the national championship? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We went to, uh, I was in Halifax that year. So we lost actually, that's a cool game. We, we, uh, we went eight periods so a quadruple overtime with, uh, with Saskatoon or Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. and that was insane. I, I mean, that, that use that, uh, U cup or whatever is an unbelievable, they do such a good job there. It felt kind of like a, a bigger Memorial cup. I think there was eight teams in it Yeah, and it's single, single limb. So you go there, you win, you're in, lose, you're out. And, uh, it was cool. Cause it was in Halifax as well. We were right on the water. So we were able to do dinners. There was a casino. Um, anyways, that night, so we played, I think, at 7 that first game. And I don't think it finished till like, 12. One of my buddies on St. FX, Michael Clark, he is the next game after us because it's a tournament, of course. There's just going to be games after games. There's a game before us, right? And there's a game after us. He's playing the game after us. It's, like, 11 p.m. And I'm going to the room, like, getting ready for the fourth quad or the quad fourth overtime, yeah. whatever, and I'm just tagged. <laughs> Like me and Mac, me and Mac and and Fanny, like our our whole like our line. I think we ended up playing. Um, Mac would know. It was we talked about it. It was like crazy amount of minutes that night. We were shooting mustard packets. Like we'd come off the bench, and I remember the one time I just ran right to the back and I got our massage therapist to like rub my legs, and then she would like the boys and like we were just literally one of these and just something to like give you electrolytes, whatever. Because it was the most absurd game they scored and and then uh actually i think we ended up that was saint patty's night saint patty's day we ended up going out that night i think i got uh in one off half a beer because <laughs> yeah much, uh, that's, do it. it's, it's an incredible tournament i actually went there my first year with brock ours was in fredericton but you know it's cool you talk about how big of a scale it is in cards i don't know if you know this but if you win that first game the your next two games are on sportsnet um, they were nationally televised and there was a lot of coverage and a lot of attention. I think it might be CBC now, actually. I don't know, but I mean, you're, you're getting big attention and it was, it was yeah. a cool tournament, but, uh, we were in the same situation as you, Brett, where we lost our first game on the first night, but when you go there, it's like a week long tournament and yeah. you have to basically plan it as if you're going all the way. So we were, we had our flight home booked at the week after. So we had like six days of no games, no practice, nothing, just partying every night in Fredericton. Um, so, yeah, and, not, and it was St. Patty's as well. <laughs> so yeah. the other teams are always jealous, man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like they're pissed. They're, they're, they hate to see it. Right. But like, Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So just, just awesome. And, and exciting that you guys, you had that monster year. And, and then obviously you played two more years at Carleton. And I think after your second year, I don't want to focus too much on this. Cause you know, we have a lot more with the AHL and all that, but you went to the, like, basically the world championships for university students. Um, how, how was that? Like, you got to represent Canada and, and play in basically the Olympics. Dude, that was unbelievable, honestly. Like, sometimes I forget that that even happened because it was so, like, I mean, it was something that I never, I never even knew about it, right? Like, I remember when I first went to, to school, Marty kind of said, like, hey, listen, like, next year, also your second year, if you do well enough, 
you know, the OUA is going to Kazakhstan for the world university games. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and like, I didn't even care. I didn't even think about it. And I remember I was worried because my first, we went up to Boston to play. We went up to Boston and we played two exhibition games there against the schools, Boston college and another school. And I broke a rib in against Boston college. Um, off a hit and I was out six weeks and it came into the season. I think I missed the first six games, which in, you know how it is in, in school. It feels like yep. that's like, that's like 30 games. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, and I kind of had it in the back of my head that I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get invited. And then Marty came up to me and he's like, he was actually on the coaching staff of that. And he's like, listen, like you're like, you know, you're, you're in the top, whatever that, is going to get picked. It's basically yours to lose. Um, and I came, came out, I, I got back and I, I started really strong and, and then I kind of had to get, like, I started to get, uh, you know, bugged up again with my ribs. It started to kind of like go to my, my pec area, whatever. So then they took some time off. Anyways, we ended up going to Kazakhstan. Um, and absolute riot, man. Like the ceremony there, it was like the Olympics, um, every sport, every country, like it was all done the exact same thing. Same. We, we lived in a village. Um, honestly, the only part is I got sick for three days with like three other guys. Like we were like deathly sick, man. Like I think it was the food or something, but like, I remember I almost didn't play the first game against us. Our, our, one of our guys was like, Honestly, I think he had an, I think he had to get an IV. I didn't get an IV. He was so bad. He had to get an IV. And then he ended up playing. He's like, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not, not dressing against us. Like this is like Canada, us. I'm going to play this. Right. Absolutely. Um, This team is like a bunch of misfits. Like we're all pro level, but like, like we're the best in the league, best in the league. And, and we're playing, you know, for our country, you know what I mean? Like not many people know it, but like, it's almost like for your league and, and for the U sports and where you played, you're kind of representing that. And it, it definitely held a lot of pride to us. We got to keep our jerseys cause we got bronze and like coming home with that was pretty cool. You know, the bronze medal, never what I thought I would have had that, you know, after you're done your junior career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's obviously very special and uh, pretty cool. Anytime you can represent your country. So after this, you ended up, taking off to the AHL to uh, the Manitoba Moose after your third season, did you end up graduating from Carleton? Yeah. I, uh, so I, I was taking summer classes. I did a fast track. I did three years at school. Marty was basically like, listen, your best option, like your quickest way to get to pro is do summer school. I know it sucks, but like, it's not that bad because it's online. So like my first year I did like eight classes and I think I took four summer classes and yeah. then I did, five and five my next so five classes each semester my next two years and I did two summer classes to uh each year after that and then so when I was in Manitoba I got so after our season ended I went up to Manitoba I was on I got signed to a America or a amateur tryout mm-hmm. and uh when I was there I was continuing to do school finishing up I had emailed all my professors I got the GM of Manitoba to kind of email my professors along with Marty just being like hey listen like um you know we have this guy in a tryout like it's kind of like a one in a life lifetime thing like don't take this away from him whatever and 
Um, so I got, was able to get a, uh, you know, confirmation that I was able to do school from there. Um, I would kind of have like, I don't think it was zoom. I think it was like Skype or something with my professors to like once a week or something to like make sure that I'm like doing the work and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I ended up going there and I mean, we can talk about that too, but it was cool to, uh, to continue to do my school. And then I got back, finished all my exams and I graduated. So, yeah. And that, that first year, that's obviously amazing. Get, uh, your, uh, graduation. So done so fast and be able to fast track. And then that first year, obviously playing minimal games on the tryout contract. What was that like? Obviously suiting up for your first, uh, professional game was probably something similar to what it was like to be at main camp obviously as you said before with like stammer yeah dude uh i mean your first game in in pro a lot of people start off in the east coast or like sphl and you know unless you're in that like top whatever percent i don't know like i'd call it 15 percent that get to go right to the american league um you know i think it's uh i was definitely very uh, fortunate to have good years and, and to, to have a guy in that coaching staff that believed in me and brought me in. Um, and, you know, I was able to, I think I was there for two and a half months and I only played eight games. So I did a lot of black ace skating, but that was the most development I think I had in two months to however many times, however much I was there. Like, um, you know, I was playing those eight games, but like the practices, you know, my first week there, it was very, very, I was very taken back kind of in the speed. And that's when I was like, okay, like I gotta, you know, I gotta do something here when I'm in the lineup. Like I have to, this is the only way that I'm going to stay in. Um, you know, practices are fast as hell and, um, you know, I gotta do something. I ended up playing pretty well. So, um, yeah, that was, that was an awesome experience, especially, uh, you know, right when you graduate too. I think we played Iowa Wild, and like Ryan White was on their team, like that goon, and I mean, it's I mean, a killer. Yeah, dude, that guy's just like his hair is just hanging down to here, and he just has like three teeth left, um, <laughs> and he's just barking at everyone d- during warm ups. But no, he's he's actually a good guy, I've heard. But uh, I mean, seeing seeing that compared to you know what you see kind of in junior and new sports is you're just kind of like, well, like you know, I got to be ready, whatever. But things kind of just happen naturally. And the best part about pro is you play with better guys, right? So like if you're going to be good and, and you're going to do your job then you're, you, you're, you know, that the guys beside you or um, between you are going to be doing their same thing. So that's the good part about that. And it kind of just happened naturally. I had a couple of good line mate, line mates. And when I was in, we did well. Yeah, that's awesome. And then your next year, um, you signed with Rockford. I don't know if you noticed in the back, I got my Rockford Jersey going um there old school throwback from uh well I, I got to i actually lived there when i was like two or three years old because my dad was playing oh, no there obviously i don't remember anything because i was two or three but yeah um figured i'd toss that up uh yeah. kind of fitting for the interview but uh I've seen that before, actually that jersey i have seen that yeah it's the throwback right there yeah. um yeah. So that season, I believe you played in 18 games in the A and then uh, spent time also in the coast with Indy, I believe, where, uh, where you did very well there. Uh, what, what, what kind of uh, feelings and emotions were going on that season for you? That's, it's, that's kind of what made me come here, man. Like, I mean, yeah, it's tough, man. Like, you got to definitely, 
like I love the game, but like you have to like have the game and like that's it. Like you, the thing about when I went to college, like when I went to school, I learned a lot more about life. Um, you know, as sappy as that is, I learned a lot more that there's out, there's a lot more than hockey. Right. Um, and that was kind of how I was, you know, you're kind of like this you tunnel vision and that, and that's how it should be in junior, which is fine. And then, you know, but then you go to school and you kind of, you know, you take a class, you take all these different classes and you start to learn, you start to like business, you start to like psychology, you know, you build these more ideas and then, you know, to go to the coast and, and, go up and down, you know, and finally get comfortable somewhere. And then you get called back and then you get sent down. You got to drive six hours and, you know, live in a hotel and, um, you know, you, you know, you, you miss out on parties, you know, my girlfriend at the time, like, um, like when she was, when she was living, uh, at home, you know, she would come, she would come visit me in Indy and like, I would get called up and she'd have to come with me. And then she, now we, uh, we'd have to change her flight from Chicago instead of Indy, like all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I only went through it, through it like one year and guys have done it. And a lot of guys continue to do it because they're just, you know, it's, it's doesn't really affect them as much. Whereas I kind of wanted to just have that one solidified team. And I wanted to start somewhere where I could actually, you know, develop and, and, and make a, make a, a name for myself. And I didn't find the coast, was a league that I wanted to play in for, uh, for the remainder of my uh, professional career. And the American league was kind of a, uh, it's a very prospect driven league. So if you're not like, you know, the top 5% of guys that aren't prospects and, you know, you're either, you either are a prospect and you're getting invested in, you know, they're putting all, they're the ones playing and it's usually younger guys now. And I just felt like it was, you know, no matter how, no matter how well you played the, you know, it's you're not really going to get too much out of it from the coaches and from the from the staff and I'm not going to say too much about that but Rockford was a great organization honestly like the 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 supplement the nutrition that they put in their players like it all comes from the Blackhawks and yeah um the way that they handle it man is unbelievable they're like we had three chefs every day every morning we'd get or you get breakfast um you know, scrambled eggs, spinach, like all this fresh stuff. Their nutritionists would come in once a week, take you grocery shopping sometimes. Like it's crazy what they put in, what they put in and what they expect out to though. So, um, I mean, that was an, that was an awesome experience. Um, but again, very prospect driven league. And I, I think a lot of guys would agree with me. And I think that's why a lot of guys come over here. Obviously you said, uh, the AHL coast kind of thing was putting a little bit of a strain on you. You wanted a stable home. So obviously that made up your mind in uh, heading overseas. So what, what, what was it like going over? You're in your second year now. Um, how much different hockey, what's the level of hockey like compared to here? And uh, just kind of take us through the differences. The differences, I would say over here, it's definitely like what you expect with physicality you know, after you pass a puck, you're definitely, your chance of getting hit are a lot lower than back in the coast or American league. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, of course the ice size, um, you know, there's more room for, you know, dancing and, you know, just kind of making those, those moves that you wouldn't make back home because you might get lit up. But yeah, honestly, in the sense of European hockey, it's, harder that way too because it's more skating right like you have to be a good skater you have to have a good motor on you you have like guys that are like 
I'm not going to say it in the nice way possible. Guys that can't really ski that are playing in the coast, like they have a hard time over here or they can't come over here. Yeah. Right. And so in that sense, it's a lot harder, right? Like you have to be a good skater. You have to, um, you know, you have to all like our league, our league, I personally think, and I've talked about it with a lot of guys, it's very fast in Denmark. Um, these Danes here, they work their ass off. Um, they're unbelievable skaters. Like they're constantly on the ice here. It's different than back in Canada, like where it's expensive here. It's they basically get paid, get paid to develop all the time. Um, but a lot of them like to stay in this league. Um, they're very home oriented. So this league's very, um, you know, a lot of veterans from Denmark national team and stuff like that. They stay here. So it's, it's very fast. It's young. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the game's going now anyway. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then obviously uh, we'll get into for the listeners who don't know, uh, Brett's off to a tear this year. Um, really hot here with, I think you got 10 game or 10 points in seven games here to start it off. And then you got a game tomorrow. So hopefully pot a few more. Um, you got any uh, funny European stories or just like the lifestyle differences and just like some things that you wouldn't see at home? Man, there's a lot of stuff. I've caught myself saying I've seen it all now here, but I wish I wrote them down. Um, <laughs> last year was a big eye opener. Whereas this year is like, obviously coming back, like switch teams. Like I'm living right in Copenhagen now, which is. That must you know, be so nice. Yeah. But, oh, it's if you ever get the chance, boys, come to this, come to the city it is unbelievable. Um, and I mean, even during COVID, like when I first got here, the place was just on wheels. Like it was, people were buzzing around um, constantly and even still like things close at 10 PM, but it's, it's, it's so uh, there's always stuff to do. Um, and, but no, I was in Esbjerg, which is the West coast of Denmark, beautiful, beautiful city, small city kind of like very European looking. Um, and I mean, there's just like a lot of like, a lot of things that happen in the organization that you're like, whoa, I did not ever think that would happen. Or like, I can't really think about like one off the top of my head or this year. Um, and I don't really want to to make any jabs or anything. You don't want to expose but, anybody. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be more, yeah. I mean, European stories, like I, I mean, what's, what's awesome is like, for instance, you know, me and two other buddies, uh, I think it was like three weeks ago. So like, I don't know if you guys know, but there's double IHF breaks over here. So one in November and then one in February. Yeah. Last year, my girlfriend and I, we went to, um, on the first one, we went to Berlin, Germany for three days. And then on the second day we went to Rome, right? Like what kind of, in what world in, when you're playing professional hockey, you just get to pick up and just go over to, you know, two, two beautiful uh, places like that. You know what I mean? So guys would go and they use that time to get out of the city and go to go to these places. Um, And then like, you know, last, I think it was like two weeks ago, you know, right in Copenhagen, there's a uh, big sauna place called Copenhut. And like, (laughs) it's like sauna, hot tubs, you can jump in the ocean. Um, So like you jump in the, uh, the, it's the Baltic sea. And then you get in, you go back in the hot tub, you can have beers. Like it's a lot of Scandinavian things like that, that I've really kind of like wanted to do. And I try to do as much stuff as I can. I try to learn some of the words um, and try to experience that. Right. Cause I know it's not going to last forever. I know I'm not going to play in this league forever. 
my goal is to move up to a DEL or something like that. And, um, but it's, uh, you know, again, it's great hockey and, and there's a lot of times where I catch myself and in, in general in Europe, just being like, Oh my God, I, I've seen it all. Okay. So we have to talk about B clutch, my personal favorite brand. Uh, I, for those of you watching the YouTube video, you can see Brett's rocking some sweet B clutch merch. And it's just, just, we talked about it last episode that with Ryan Suzuki, uh, just some sick stuff and you co-founded it with your brother Quinn. Is that correct? No, I actually didn't. It's all him. I, I'm not going to take any of the credit. I mean, I helped him along the way, but, um, you know, I'm kind of his guy that, uh, you know, he goes to before he, before he, like when he samples stuff, he'll, he'll kind of okay. run it through me. Um, and I mean, we came up with the name together. Um, he came up with the logo, but, um, he's done unbelievable with it. And, you know, the stuff is just, and I'm very non-biased when I say this, the stuff is absolutely elite. Like it's, I just wish, you know, he gets that break where he turns into a, a Lulu or a Nike or yeah, um, something like that. Right. It is. It's so sick. And actually I, sorry for Quinn. Cause I know he's going to be listening but I uh, to take away from a bit of his credit, but yeah, I mean, he's done a phenomenal job. You guys are very active in the hockey community as well. And um, I, I just personally love B clutch. I also want to shout out that, for the fans listening who do want to check out B Clutch, you can find them on Instagram, B Clutch, or the website, b-clutch.com. And make sure you use the promo code SHOWBOUND. You can take your 16% off. Uh, they they have some unbelievable stuff. I just ordered two more shirts. Last week, I ordered uh, a couple of things from the farm collection. So I'm, I'm digging it. But I just want to talk about, before we get into a fan question or two, uh, what does it mean for you having a brother like Quinn who is so talented in this in this business world and and like the b clutch brand what does it mean to you guys unbelievable man i think uh i mean it saves me a lot of money i'll tell you that but um (laughs) yeah you know i think what's special is like my brother got to watch me grow up and you know kind of be like the sports guy or whatever in the house and um you know for him now to have something that gets that type of attention and now I get to watch that is very like, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I like, we get messages all like he, he gets messages all the time. And the thing is with my brother, he's very personal in the sense of like, he's not going to tell me much unless I ask. But like, when I ask, it's always like, he'll just be like, Oh yeah. Look at like Kenyon Drake from, you know, in the NFL, just messages like, yo, like your stuff's sick or um, you know, Jordan Howard. Like, yeah. Like all these guys, man, like, um MLB guys too like NFL of course NHL like um he just has a good thing going I mean it's stressful in the sense of like there's definitely good months there's bad months like Christmas now is probably a good month because a lot of people are going to be buying gifts um but you know when you know when student when you have to pay your student debt or when you know the months aren't good with your rent or your car or something like that you know sales aren't going to be driven as high and that's when he needs to constantly do what he does and he needs to find different ways to, to grab people's attention to try to sell stuff. And, and he's phenomenal with that. And behind the scenes, I've never seen anybody as good as, as him with, with digital stuff, like, you know, how to work a website. He does all that stuff by himself. He learned how to do video camera. Um, I don't even know how to turn on a video camera. So um, <laughs> we're completely different in that sense. Um, it made sense. It, it makes sense too, as a, you know, when I was younger, he was always the one doing that stuff in the family. He would set up the TV instead of my dad. Like he's just, 
digitally driven. Um, he has a goal in his mind. And I, I think, you know, hopefully with a couple good bounces here and in a few more years as an entrepreneur, I hopefully he can turn into something bigger than what he is. Yeah. Very well said. And uh, just, I want to remind everyone one more time. That's the promo code showbound 16% off. I encourage everyone to check it out. Even if you're not buying it, please. Like <laughs> I'm not even just saying this, the website is fantastic. Their stuff is amazing. So I'm actually really like into the brand. I always have been too. Not just recently. I ordered a, I don't know if you remember this one, the astronaut hat. Um, oh yeah. I have that one. Upstairs. Well, that's another thing too. We, he comes up with these names and like, I, I'm going to be honest here. Like a good company takes bits and pieces from other companies. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we really liked, I think it was sauce hot or um, I can't remember what maybe I can't remember, but we would name all these hats and that's the fun part like of the business, right? Like you come up with a description of the hat, like, you know, the astronaut or whatever, like, you know, wear this at a bar and like, you know, you won't get missed or whatever, stuff like that. That's the fun part to it, right? There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. Uh, there's a lot of ugly that I've seen from that. Um, but man, like the way that he handles the, those hats, like it's, it's insane. He constantly comes out with some fire. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. And yeah, I'm with Rask. They're sick brand. And I know I was checking it out the other day and definitely going to do some Christmas shopping online there. So also off the ice, you're working for a hockey agency. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm actually a, an assistant advisor to my head advisor, Chad McDonald, who's currently in law school and played um, four years uh, college and then went on to play in Kalamazoo for I think a year or two. And then went over to France. He's the main guy that hired me on. Um, and I saw what he was doing. I had to jump on board. It's something as a pro hockey player that I kind of wanted to get into um, after hockey when hockey's done. And I think to start now is pretty cool. So get to build up a clientele. Um, you know, I, I pick a small group, mainly younger guys um, where I, I run them through a 15 week program um, where we talk about nutrition um, you know, how to talk to scouts, how to handle bad games. And then we do, we do video for them as well. We have this video platform called screencast. Um, you know, I'm able to, to go on and draw on the video and they can see it. They can watch as much or as little as possible as, as much as they want. Um, and you know, it's a huge, huge thing for them to have someone in their corner that cares. Um, and then, you know, if, if, if they get success from that, then I move them up to the puck agency that, that we're affiliated with. And, and then that's uh, when they sign the contract with them. And um, yeah. So what's, what's the agency called and, and where can they find it? So the agency that we're affiliated. So our group is called true advising group. Um, there's true advising group on Twitter. Um, there's also a website that you can go to. We also have like a portal on there that has like coaching blogs. Um, we do uh, like blogs. We do interviews with, pro players, um, NCAA guys, all this stuff. Um, and then the, the affiliated group that we're with is called puck agency. Um, you know, they have Pecorine, um, couple of, a lot of Finnish guys, I think that they send there. Um, and then, you know, some American league guys, a couple more NHL guys and they'll, and decent amount of OHL guys as well. From me, I think that's all good. And just, I don't know about you, Rask, but I just want to say thanks for coming on the pod. And it was, it was a pleasure having you on today. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah, want to say too, good. like, I mean, I could, I feel like I could go on for another hour too. I have so much, but we've been going on for a long time and I really want to thank you so much for doing this. It was a lot of fun. And 
Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching you as you go throughout the season. Hopefully you move on up like the DL you mentioned is a sick league. So it'd be pretty cool to see you there one day. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for doing this. It was, it was a fun time. Yeah. Thanks boys. Appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing and you know, I, I uh, wish you guys all the success. Keep going. What a fascinating interview that was a cards. just a really interesting guy Like has done a lot on and off the ice. Yeah, no, and it gives um, our viewers another vantage point on how a career can work and different paths that a player can take to uh, still get to the pro level, whether it be in North America or Europe. Yeah, just being a U sports guy myself, like I'm all for his journey, like goes right into the AHL. And, um, you know, I can see him making waves in the future in those higher levels of European pro. And who knows? I mean, you can, once you're at those top levels, you can make your way back to North America. So I think obviously Brett's a really young guy still. So he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of hockey left ahead of him, but let's get into the Bachelorette, the listener's favorite segment on this hockey podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, uh, I think this was a little bit of a slower-paced episode, but uh, I'll let you take it away, Cardsy. Actually, let's hear your take. Yeah, I didn't mind it, though. Um, a lot of cool stuff, but obviously Noah was in the mix again, uh, causing drama in the house, just doing whatever he can to be a little rat, kind of. I don't mind it, though. It's kind of funny, but... Uh, Obviously, the other guys don't like it too much. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this guy yet. I mean, he's kind of, he's one of those guys, I'm going to make a weird comparison here. He's like the Brad Marchand where you kind of, you want to have him on your team. You don't want to be against him. And it's like, yeah, I can, I'm kind of like rooting for him in a way. But if I was in that house, I'd hate him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He's always in the thick things. They foreshadow him and Bennett getting after it in the next episode. So, yeah, more drama with him, you already know is coming and. Uh, my funniest and part like my favorite part of that episode was when Ed was kind of walking in the middle of the night thinking he was going to Tasha's house and ends up at Chris Harrison's door at two in the morning that was just the most awkward like Chris invites him in to have a glass of wine and they're just sitting there in silence drinking like weird Chris is an awkward guy and and Ed isn't like the most socially forward guy either so um, yeah just a pretty weird awkward part and I, I, I felt the awkwardness in the air when I was watching it well yeah and then you well you got chris 2 30 in the morning the guy's probably sleeping then he gets up he has to have a glass of wine with some guy and talk about love like come on who wants to do that really yeah well chris was looking good in the sweatsuit though he's a he's a big gray team guy so he was pulling off that look i could go on about the bachelorette a lot more but i know this interview ran long it was a really fascinating one and i felt like we could have went a lot longer too but i just want to mention before we wrap it up here that we do have some hats coming uh, we got some sweet showbound merch coming. We'll be doing some giveaways, uh, not just hat giveaways, some some other giveaways like uh, hockey apparel, merchandise, and some watches. But we'll get to that later. You got to stay tuned on our Instagram and Twitter for that. On Instagram, you can find us at showbound podcast and on Twitter at showbound pod. Cards, you got anything else to add, buddy? No, I think uh, you pretty much touched on it all. And just uh, thanks again to the fans for all the support and uh, follow along for a lot of big things coming ahead. 